the mission. Yes, yes, indeed. What's up, people? Today, man, we got a special guest, man. You already know this is the Fan Mission Podcast and some exclusive today. So I'm gonna bring him in a party and let him introduce himself and say what's up to everybody. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? What's going on, fam? What's up? What's up? Man, why don't you go ahead and tell the people who you are and where you from? Uh, KG Wilson, uh, originally from Chicago, came up to Minnesota around about 2000. Uh, I am the been an 18-year national peace activist. I'm the spokesman for United in Peace, Inc., Minnesota, uh, president and founder of Hope Ministries, and uh, spokesman for the Sherez Jones Foundation which started in 2007 after one of my close friends, a uh, 14-year-old daughter, Sherez Jones, was murdered. And so uh, I've just been here, man. You already know uh, most of that. Uh, but for those that don't know, I'll just let them know. Okay, okay. So you say you originally from Chicago? Yes, sir. Okay, so how was it there growing up in Chicago? Well, you know, Chicago is, is, is a, a, a huge place. And Chicago also has different suburbs uh, surrounding it. Uh, me personally, uh, I was raised in a foster home. I'm not going to go real deep into it, but I was raised in a foster home. Uh, and for those who uh, also probably was raised in a foster home, they can uh, uh, probably identify with me. Okay. Uh, I can't say that it was it, it was uh, always nice because it wasn't. Uh, one thing I can say, though, that I was blessed is that uh, my foster parents that was there were believers and they were of faith and uh, they introduced me uh, to God and uh, and grew up in the church. And uh, that was a blessing to me because I don't think I would be here today. Uh, Later on, uh, years later, uh, I ended up moving down to a place called uh, Southern Illinois. It was down close by St. Louis. And down there, um, I think that's when um, I really kind of experienced uh, the difference in race. Because, uh, I, yeah, I had never experienced that before. Um, it was different coming from uh, Chicago down there. Uh, stayed down there about maybe from 82 to 86. And 86 came back, moved back to uh, Chicago. Uh, I made two sons down there while I was there. Both of my sons down there, my two oldest sons who I'm proud of. And blessed to have uh, a mixed race. Uh, I call that the both the b best of both worlds. Yeah, you uh, hear me? yeah, they some good boys, you know. And uh, and so uh, a couple years later, I ended up moving uh, uh, down deeper into the city uh, in the projects, uh, which Robert Taylor projects with my brother. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that brings me to my next question, man. So, um, have you ever been in a gang? Because Robert, uh, Robert Taylor is a. Oh yeah. Well, well, even before that, like I said, growing up in the in the foster home, and I can remember um, uh, how I actually joined the gang, and it wasn't that I was trying to join a gang like some some people was. Uh, I had just got beat up. And bloodied in the foster home, and I took off running, saying I'm running away from the foster home. And I took off running down the street, bleeding, and said, "Man, I'm not gonna go through no more of this abuse and this torture that I will go through uh, in the foster home." And so I took off running. I say I might have been about maybe 11, somewhere around there. And uh, I was a little fat kid, and so I got tired. And when I stopped and I looked up. I saw about 15 guys and they was all dressed in blue mm. and I didn't know who they was. You know, I just noticed that they was, uh, they was smiling and they was happy and they was, 
shaking hands and hugging each other and smoking cigarettes and drinking uh, uh, stuff like that. And But they looked happy. And so I thought they was a family, something that I wanted that I didn't have uh, a real family in the foster home. And so I went up to them. I was bloody and tired. And I asked them, was they a family? And one of the guys said to me, he said, yeah, yeah, shorty, yeah, we a family. And I was like, man, well, I don't have no family. Uh, I'm in this foster home and, you know, told him the script, what was going on with me, you know, about me getting beat up and all. And I asked him, could I be in their family? And uh, one of the guys, he cleaned me up and he said, yeah, look, man, you could be in our family, man. And so I was happy. That was the happiest kid in the world that day because finally I got what other kids had, you know what I mean, that wasn't in the foster home. I finally got a real family, man. And these cats showed me love. And I ran back to the foster home and told them all about what happened that I just uh, got a family. And one of my foster brothers said, you big dummy, you just joined one of the biggest gangs uh, in the city. Mm. And uh, yeah, man. And so I'm like, wow, really? So, so, so yeah. So, at the age you are right now, or you know, whenever you transition over, so like, what changed your mindset from being a gang member to being a grown man? Well, what happened, fam, was uh, like it was never something that I wanted to do. Like, if you if you know that I told you I grew up in in uh, in the false home, but we was taking the church all the time. Mm-hmm. So the first good thing that I ever seen was church. Uh, the first love that I was ever really shown was at church by the people at the church and the pastor of the church. And so when I saw that, that became my first love. And so as a child, uh, uh, I wanted to be a pastor. And then the first music and the only music we could listen to in this fall tone was gospel music. So I wanted to be a gospel singer. And because I was different than the other kids, first of all, I had what they called the foster kid disease. So that meant no kids would play with me. If I sat on a sliding board, they wouldn't sit on that sliding board. It was my sliding board. Uh, if, if a ball touched me on the playground, it was my ball because nobody didn't want to get the foster kid disease because they heard your mom and your dad won't want you and you'll end up in the foster home. So I had that disease already. And so then now I'm different than other kids because I want to be a pastor and a gospel singer. So because of that, I got beat up and I got bullied. And so, you know, uh, uh, I never wanted to be, you know, gang or none of that. It was just what happened is I was so used to being beat up, tortured, beaten all the time in the foster home that kids my, my age or size couldn't hurt me. I was immune to pain all the time. So what happened when the bullies was beating up all the kids, most of the kids were terrified because they couldn't deal with pain. So what I would do was stand up to the bully and get beat up and bloody to protect the other children. And so what happened, yeah, and so what happened was I ended up uh, one day standing up to this one bully, and I won. I was scared to death, but I won the fight. I put him in the headlock. I think you you read that story, Bullies, that that, that was wrote. And, uh, yeah, and and after that, that triggered off a – uh, I'm a tough kid now. All the tough kids got to fight me. And one thing led to another, man. I'm a tough kid now. I'm hanging around with other tough kids who are actually in gangs and actually gang bangers, you know. And uh, from there, you know, I, I just started the gang bang with them. And you know what I mean? And so then a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids that were scared, that was my friends, I actually was a part of the gang to protect them so nobody wouldn't bother them. So that was another thing too. Man, that's deep. Like, and yeah. I know because you know when you're in Chicago, growing up in Chicago, my 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 story is similar to yours. But um, so other than the preachers and the gospel music, who inspired you to be who you are right now today? Well, my mentor, uh, both two of my top mentors, uh. Well, I'm about to say three, because first I got to say that pastor that I was telling you about, his name was Reverend Harris. Uh, that was my first my first uh, mentor. And then Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. So I kind of look at myself as being like uh, all three of them 
into one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, for the people that don't know what you do, you know, you do a lot of things in the, um, in the community and helping, um, helping people out in the Minneapolis community. Right. So, um, I want to ask you, you know, since you started your journey, you know, how many deaths you think you heard about? Like that? I lost count. I lost count a long time ago. There was no way. I'm talking about. I've been a national peace actor for 18 years. You, I'm talking about in just one year, I lost count. So there's no way I can even remember the count. All I can say, one too many. Mm. One too many. Well, you know, um, I had another question. I know, and, I, and that's crazy because I'd I, I be asking myself, like, man, how do KG do it? Like, every time I look on your page, is somebody dying. And I'm like, man, this stuff got to stop. I'm like, I don't know if you be in the right place at the right time to catch the the right news or something like, but that, that'd be crazy to me. And a lot of people, a lot of people in this world, they haven't even witnessed death. And a lot of people, we witness it too much mm -hmm. and, and until we almost get numb to it. So, you know, um, I know you stayed over there close by Chicago on the South side of Minneapolis and stuff. And, um, it was some big stuff happening, and I wanted to ask you, how did you feel about George Floyd? That, that, that right there is, uh, that was, uh, the, to me, something, I'm going to have to say, something that me personally wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened if I would have been there. Mm. That particular store, Cup Foods, I live right across the street. You remember that. Mm -hmm. I live right across the street from there. Uh, my daughter's mom worked at the store right across the street from there. She was the manager there. Everything I did with my phone and everything else was at that store. So uh, most of the time that I was over there. Uh, my relationship and, uh, and who I am in the community, who I've been for these years, uh, I don't care what police or whoever they was would have would have seen me, and that wouldn't happen that way. I'm somebody who would have said would have stopped that in the beginning. I'm somebody who would have been able to tell George, man, stop, mm. stop, man, stop acting like that. You know what I mean? And he would have listened to me and said, "You're right, Mr. KG, man. Yeah, you're right." I would have told him. You know what I'm saying before? Because we all see what happens is what we do as a people. We always look at what happened in the end, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but we never look at what led up to that. And like I tell people all the time, we can look at George Floyd or any other person that something happened to, but if we don't tell people how that happened, what led up to that, especially like children, then all they can see is what happened in the end but they lost to how it happened, which is dangerous because that means the same thing can happen to them because they don't even know how it happened. Mm. All they saw was the end of it. You know, uh, but like I said, man, um, uh, Minneapolis um, has not been the same. That changed everything after that happened, man. Uh, a lot of people I call opportunists. Uh, destroyed, tore up the community. That's not what you do. You rebuke. You try to fix things. You don't make things worse than they are. Uh, me as one of the community leaders there at the time, uh, I wasn't at the table uh, when they were planning to to do this type of stuff because I would have said no, not to do that. You know what I mean? A community is already hurting and messed up as it is already. Uh, we never want to mess up our resources. You feel me? Mm -hmm. uh, people lost jobs. Uh, they, I was out there feeding. You saw it, Monty. I was out there feeding people. All of the stores were closed. Seniors couldn't get their medication. See, this is the type of stuff that people not talking about. I was taking food to the seniors' home, cooked meals to their home because they couldn't go to no grocery store. Mm. 
So it was a lot going on, man, at the time, you know, uh, of this happening. A few people lost their lives even behind that. Uh, I, I just see uh, another side, and you will always hear, and people will all hear another side of the story. Yes, it's horrible what happened, and I hate that that type of thing happened, but uh, how it started in the beginning, I pray that somebody finds out about that and hears that, and the same thing don't happen to them. That's what I continue to say. All the time when I talk to the youth, anywhere I go, uh, if this question comes up to me, um, I, I tell them the same thing, man. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm really upset because I think people handle things the wrong way. And uh, the city is just just messed up right now, man. And so uh, my prayers continue to go out to, to his family. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh and even the people there at the store, man, because that that their business is not the same, man. You know that was our our community business over there. You know, just things just just changed, man. Actually, and I'm gonna say this to you real quick. Actually, where there was a mural up of George Ford on the side of the building, mm. that was supposed to be a mural of me. Mm. Before that happened, they were gonna paint a mural of me up there. Mm. Before, yeah, before that happened, I had talked to. The owners and it was like, yeah, uh, KG, we're gonna put a mural of, of you up there, man, because of who you are and what you have done in the community, and you know what I'm saying, you're a good role model in the community and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was like, that would be nice, especially for like my grandkids and stuff to see something like that, you know. But after that happened, you know what I'm saying. Now there's a mural there, and it's sad that it happened. It had to happen because of that, but you know, uh, I, I really would like you remember. Uh, they had a mural of me uh, on Lake Street. You remember? Yep. I don't know if you got any pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got yeah. I, I always yeah. say, man, let's do something before something bad happens. You know, don't wait till I'm I, I'm dead and gone, man, and do something. You know. Uh, and I thank you so much for doing this interview. Tomorrow I ain't promise. You know, I might not make it tomorrow. I might not be here next week. But now, since you did this interview, people get to see me. People get to. Uh, to meet me and hear from me, man. And this is a, a really emotional uh, and tragic time for me right now. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. Man, can you read the messages down here? Uh, I know they're tiny. Nah, they probably too little, man. All right. So from your experience, right, you know, like being in the gang, like, and kids, if they feel like they ain't got no love, no family, would you tell them it was worth it to be in the game? Like, what, what would you tell them otherwise? Like, you know, from your experience, what would you tell them? Me personally, I wouldn't. I would never tell them that. I would never tell them that. Uh, uh, I think uh, me and, and yourself, we are here, and I believe the Most High God allowed us to survive what we saw, survive to be uh, uh, examples, man of who we are today, that we barely escaped something that they never have to do. Our kids never had to be in no gang or nothing. We did it for them. Whether it's drugs, whatever we did, going to jails, prisons, institutions, we did it for them. And it's crazy because we actually did some stuff we never had to do because somebody did it before us. Maybe whether it was our fathers or whoever, they suffered for that, man. They did all this for us already so you know uh we have to tell them the truth man we can't sugarcoat nothing we got to tell them the truth money you know that it almost killed us man i don't have no glory story about it was good that i did this and did that no it wasn't man i made some bad decisions that affect me today because you know i believe right now i probably if i didn't have felonies and went to jail and stuff like that i could probably run for governor and win you know what i'm saying so it's just a lot of things, man, uh, that uh, if we wouldn't have did, I wouldn't have did. Uh, you know, I got scars from it. Yeah. We got scars from this, man, that we don't want none of our kids to have. And so what I try to do is tell them about the paper scars, which are felonies. Because mm. then you can only go so far. I call them paper scars. We got bullet wounds, stab wounds. Those are certain scars that you can see on the skin. But paper scars are down on paper, and those paper scars, see, we could still get certain jobs with a, a bullet wound, 
uh, 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 staff on. But if you got a paper scar felony, you can't get certain jobs. You can't get certain housing. You can't run for uh, office, public office, all these type of things. So my thing is to let them know not to get these paper scars that we got. You don't have to do that. I tell them to go to school, man. Now never join a game. Never. Mm. Never none of that stuff, man, because, uh, you know, all it is is preparing you for uh, a struggle and a messed up future, man, stopping you from from moving on uh, to a place where, you know, you can go that we we can't go or we never did go. I want yours and my kids and any other kids to, to do way better than me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? To be able to do some things, man. And so we got to tell them the truth, man. And that's what this this interview is about. That's why I, I appreciate you so much for having this show. God, it's time. God knew it was time for you to have a show where people could come on and tell the truth, where it ain't about somebody paying you to lie and be quiet and don't tell the truth, because that's what folks do now. Mm. So, so he, we, we, our children need somebody to tell them the truth. I'm not here for them to like me or none of that. I just want them to... To, to remember, this brother told me the truth when my mama wouldn't even tell me. My daddy wouldn't even tell me because they were trying to be my friend. But that brother came on there and told me the truth. Yeah. The truth, man. You know, because I wanted to try to save uh, uh, their lives, man. A lot of our brothers and sisters are gone, Monty. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Because they believe some lies. They believe some lies and they killed them. They believe some lies and some of them is never getting out of prison cats we used to hang with you know they hearing about us out here now saying wow they still out there man yeah man because yeah. i believe in the lie and we sat down and listened to somebody who told us and gave us a life-saving truth mm. so on that note at the age you at right now what would you say to your 16 year old self man Read. Oh. Read and read, 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 study, man. Uh, you know, if it was internet, the gift that they got today is internet. The greatest speakers and the greatest messages are on the internet, man. Mm. I'm actually uh listening to brothers and sisters who I wasn't even born when they were speaking. Mm. So I'm on YouTube looking at uh, listening to Marcus Garvey and W.D. Du Bois and Malcolm mm -hmm. X, and, you know, uh, 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 what's the name, Elijah Muhammad, different people, different ministers and stuff like this who are passed on, but they left videos. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. One day we're going to be gone, money, and somebody will be able, if we put this right here on YouTube, they'll be able to look at what we say here and say, wow, man, if we leave them some money, money, it's going to get spent. Right. But this right here keeps going on and on and on. Thousands and millions and millions of people can watch the videos and listen to our message, man, of hope and healing and being overcomers, man. You know what I'm saying? Survivors, man, of what I call the ghetto Titanic. Mm. Some of the people, some of the people sank and drowned. But for some reason... The creator, God himself, allowed us to be survivors of that ghetto Titanic because somebody had to tell the story. Mm. So and That's what's going on right now. Man, so if you could talk to the youth, man, they gonna, if they listen to this video, listen to this podcast, man, what would you want to tell them, like the youth today, right now? I, I would tell them, like I said, um, it's so much garbage. On the uh, it's so much garbage on the internet right now. Uh, that that our youth are watching. There's so much garbage in the community, misinformation in the community. I would say to them: seek out and find those who are positive and productive in your community, and connect with them. Find books that feed the mindset. Mm. Find out how to eat to live because what you eat will help with your mindset. Because a lot of the food that our parents was giving us, they weren't educated about the food. They didn't know that certain food would kill us in the long run. That's why we got all these different type of diseases, heart heart problems, and 
and uh, diabetes and all the different stuff is because what was put in us as children and it just became poisonous to us, man. Mm. And so when the poisonous to the body is poisonous to the mind. So continue to educate yourself. Young people, educate yourself. You got the internet, you got books. They pay you to go to school now. You know, learn to be entrepreneurs, man. Y'all living in a time right now where it's not about being employees. Y'all got a way now to be the employers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just stop thinking that you always got to grow up, become 18, 20, 25. Find out how to own your house instead of just be renting the house. This is all available to you right now. They got books out that you can read about that. They got uh, uh, seminars and workshops about all this right now for y'all to go to. So all this is available to y'all that we didn't have. So it's available to y'all. So continue to seek out and find uh, the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that you need to have to, to become a better you and to become better than those who brought you into this world. Mm. Mm. That's what I would say to him. Man, well, that was connect deep. with God, man. Connect with God and stay connected because yeah. that's your power source. Because you're going to deal with some spiritual wickedness out here. You understand mm. me? So the word says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of the darkness. That means it's not about what you see, it's spiritual. And some of it we're not made up to deal with. So you're going to have to have a connection with God. He got our back. All you got to do is trust Him. Let them lead you and guide you, and you will see what happens in the end. That's why you're looking at uh, right now on this screen and listening to these two brothers right here uh, who are cousins right now because that's what we did. We connected spiritually with our God. We might have disconnected at one time, but we reconnected with him. And mm. so if you are disconnected, reconnect. Mm. Well, let me give praise to God. Let me hear. Man, we got to give praise to God. So, on that note, tell me a story that God worked wonders in your life, and you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew, you said, you know what, man, I know it's a God, and I know he worked in my favor, and man, I feel blessed, man. Tell me about one of them blessed moments that God came to your life. Well, uh, one thing I could say is uh, I'm truly blessed. Uh, that 18 years ago, and I don't know, I, I, I always say, and everybody else in the family say, you know, uh, me and you made a powerful video, probably one of the most powerful videos. That was a testimony video, a uh, message from the park bench. Uh, and so I can remember, man, uh, being depressed uh, and self-medicating myself with drugs and alcohol, abusing myself with drugs and uh, to the point where I didn't want to live no more. And you heard this story, so now I'm sharing it with them. And I remember uh, becoming a recluse. And then I was homeless. And it's crazy because the enemy and the depression had me homeless in my mind. It wasn't that I didn't have nowhere to go because of my family. I could have went to any of my family. But I was homeless in my mind. And I lived on a park bench for three months uh, in, North, in South Minneapolis uh, in Lauren Park. And I was strung out, uh, like I said, from abusing the drugs and the alcohol and the cigarettes. And I remember laying down uh, on that park bench and uh, saying, God, I can't do this no more. And took my shoes off and made a pillow on that park bench. And I said a prayer before I went to sleep and said, God, let me die in my sleep. Mm. I woke up. That next morning, I was angry, like, God, why you wake me up? Why you let me go have to go through this all over again? And I said, it must be a reason why you did this. I said, well, God, I'll tell you what. If you will clean me up, if you will deliver me right now from the drugs, the alcohol, the cigarettes, uh, the hurt, the pain, the depression in my life, I will start back up Hope Ministries. That I started in 91 in Chicago. And I will go back out into the communities uh, and, 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 and help people uh, heal from the things that you helped me heal from. And God delivered me, Monty. You've heard this before. I shared this, which we had a video out. And God delivered me 
from all of that, man. And I suited up in camouflage because I was a soldier in the army of God. Mm. And so I went out into the communities. As you know, you was out there many times with me. I think we might still have some videos on YouTube of us out in the community. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. And so that's one of the greatest things that, that I seen happen. Uh, miracles that happened in my life, man, is when God delivered me and uh, I became uh, the peace activist that I have been for the last 18 years. And so for 18 years of January, that made 18 years, man. Uh, you know, no gangs, no drugs, no violence, no hatred, no racism, no cigarettes, no alcohol, no none of that, man, that God had delivered me from. So that was one of the great miracles and testimonies, man. No matter what I go through in my life uh, and all that time, that he healed that wound right there, uh, that the drugs, the alcohol, and all those, that stuff had left on me. Mm. Yeah. So I thank him and give him the praise. That's that's one. That, do that thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. You got to give him the praise, man. You know, because a lot of people don't recognize what God do exactly. in life, you know. And, exactly. um, and, you know, this is the Fan Mission podcast, so we got to, you know what I'm saying, a family on the mission. So the family be on a major mission, and we right. can't be on the mission without God. So, you know what I'm saying, don't forget right. that. So, right. yeah. So um, we already 30 minutes into this hour of power. This is what I call it, my hour of power. And um, I 30 minutes just to get to know you, and then I'm going to give you a 30 minutes, and, you know what I'm saying, uh, let you do your thing, man. And first of all, so I want to say, my condolence, you know what I'm saying, to you, you know, and um, it was a sad thing that I heard about your, your granddaughter. So do you want to share the story to the people about your granddaughter? Because the things that happened, like, people still ain't been, you know. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about it, man. How you feel? So, uh. First of all, you can tell her your her name in a situation, yeah. and then you tell about how you feel about it. Yeah, so uh, my granddaughter, uh, six years old, her name is Anaya Allen, uh, one of the most beautiful little precious angels that you would ever meet in your life. Uh, just sweet, just the 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 uh definition of forgiveness and love if, if if you were to look up love and forgiveness and and, and family man in, in the dictionary you'll be a picture of her mm. just precious man just an angel that you one of them children that you would just fall in love with as soon as you've seen them mm. uh, so last may uh her mom uh, I believe they had went to the lake first. And uh, the craziest thing about that is, is me and one of my coworkers had chose to just chill out and go to the lake ourselves. And we went to the same lake, but we missed them by about 10 minutes. Mm. And I still say that uh, if I would have saw her that knowing Anaya and how me and her were, she would have said, I want to go with Papa. And she would have jumped in a truck with me and been with me that day. Mm. You know. So anyway, um, they had left the, the, the lake, her mom and them, and uh, they went back over north where they lived around 36 and Penn. And uh, but I think they had stopped and got some McDonald's first. And when they were they were leaving and they came back and was headed home, which is right there around 36 and PM. Uh, some little gang cats or drug dealers or whatever, man, was beefing. Uh, some people was fighting and it was just turned into a gunplay. And they happened to be right there in the middle of it somehow, some way. And I was told that 
my granddaughter, who loved McDonald's, uh, was sitting in the back seat of her mom's car eating her McDonald's. And they got to shooting, and one of the bullets uh, hit my granddaughter in the head. And uh, I uh, was told that they rushed her to the hospital. I was probably the last person to find out because uh, my phone is always dead because I always put it in the car to keep it charged up. But I hadn't answered my phone. And when I finally got to my phone later on, uh, that particular night, I saw a whole bunch of missed calls, a whole bunch of missed messages. But I saw my daughter, Cortina, uh, just ask, Daddy, where you at? Where you at? And then I saw one message from my uh, daughter, Cortina, which is uh, Anaya's auntie, saying, Daddy, they shot Anaya in the head. And I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it all. You know, you know how you could mistype something? Mm -hmm. And it don't say what you, you're not saying that, but it, you you mistyped it. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wait a minute now. Did, did she didn't type some weird stuff here because nobody in their right mind would ever think that a six-year-old baby would be shot. Never. Mm -hmm. uh, especially this child. Never. And so uh, I finally uh, looked at my phone and I saw all these messages from everybody, man. Uh, People who I haven't even talked to just, just for, are you okay? Are you okay? What for what? What's going on? And I finally got in touch with Bertina and they said, come to the hospital. And I ended up going to the hospital and that's when reality hit me in the face. It was chaos out there in the front of the hospital uh, at North Minneapolis. My family was hurt. Uh, there was anger and tears and, and uh, uh, Anaya Steele was was fighting for a life, man, uh, hanging in there, trying to fight for a life. And, and uh, I was just just furious. I, I, I just, you know, at the time, I had to be strong for my family and uh, try, to, try to keep everybody peaceful because when stuff like that happened, people are so angry and everybody wants to blame somebody and take it out on somebody, you know. And, and, uh, and so I was just trying to do that, but I couldn't. I couldn't believe that that happened, man. I couldn't believe that it was happening. I was so hurt on the inside. I never felt that type of pain in my life, and I don't want nobody to ever feel like that. So we stayed up there that night and until, uh, you know, just got so tired. Said, okay, I'm going to go home and come back in the morning. And, uh, and so uh, I got another phone call that, that, uh, she didn't make it. Mm. And I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that there's no way I'm not going to see uh, her smiling at me again. That I'm not going to go pick her up on Fridays, man, no more. Take her to McDonald's. You know, buy her shoes, just whatever she wants. You know, that that's my heart, man. I just, I mean, you know. And I can't, money ain't, I can't explain that. I can't. Say what that feels like, man. Uh, that now I got to go up to this hospital uh, with my family. And uh, I left and came to the hospital. My family's there. Everybody's crushed. There's people out there, man. There's every news in the city is there waiting for me. And I couldn't talk to them. And, you know, I've always talked to the news. I've always been doing every year. At that moment, I couldn't talk. And people would come over saying, KG, the news are over there waiting for you. And I said, hey, I can't talk right now. Mm -hmm. I can't talk. I was so angry that I forgot that I've been a national peace actor for 18 years, that I was a mentor, mentoring the youth, that I was helping kids get out of gangs, helping kids graduate from high school. I forgot all this at that moment. And all I wanted to do was go and re and get revenge and get whoever did this to my baby, man. Because I couldn't believe that they were still out there. Because, you know, they didn't say they had nobody arrested or none of that. Man, I forgot. And at the time, I didn't care about me, nothing else, no more, going to jail, going to prison for the rest of my life. All I could see was my baby in that back seat with her hamburger, 
full of blood uh. in her lap. And that's when, man, I had rage and I just wanted to go over there and just destroy that everything and everybody on that block, man. Uh. You know? And I had been looking for my nephew, my nephew Kip. Because I, you know, I had heard a few things. I had been looking for him. And I hadn't seen him. And it's crazy. Right when I jumped in the truck and was about to pick up my phone and make a phone call, would have been the worst call. He just popped up out of nowhere. Came across the street and jumped in the car with me and said, Unc, I'm staying with you all day. Mm. I couldn't believe it, man. And at that moment... It was it, it 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 was I was reminded, Monty, of why I became who I was in the first place. Because it was because of them. Because I wanted my nephews, nieces, my cousins, you know, my kids, my son, everybody to have a positive uh, family member. Uh -huh. And so that was the reminder right there when he popped up, you know. And so he stayed with me and. and uh, like God has started to minister to me and started to say to me, you know, I told you, man, I didn't bring you this far to leave. I didn't do what I did for you to become the monster you used to be because of your anger. That's I, that's why I changed you because of your anger. You know, and so at that time, man, I just I just trusted God, man. And, I, you know, it's been hard because now it's about to be a year. Mm. I thought in a couple days that we was going to get justice. I, you know, I was saying that to my family, don't worry. We're going to have justice in a couple days, man. I didn't know that next month mm. that it'll be a year <clears throat> that she been, uh, got murdered and, 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 and ain't no justice. Well, you know, you know, you know, the Internet is a powerful place. So, you know, somebody might know something or know somebody. So. On this podcast right here, I'm going to give you a second, man. What do you want to say to somebody that might know something? Or they might be, the person that accidentally did it, if they felt like it was an accident, they might be watching it. What do you want to say to them? I have made a couple videos already. I go from anger and furious and rage to serious emotion and pouring in tears. I have got on here and begged, if you are watching this, that did this, because I was told whoever did this, watch everything I do and everything I say. So if you're watching this today on the Fan Mission Show, with my cousin as a witness, as the host, and the other people that are witness who are watching and listening to me, if you are the one who did this, you you got to be tired of running and hiding. Your spirit got to be vexed. The weed, the pills, the alcohol, the drugs, whatever you're doing to try to medicate your feelings, to keep you from thinking about what you did, it's not working, man. You got to be tired. There is no drug, no alcohol, no pills, no nothing. The only thing that is going to bring you some type of freedom in your spirit and your mind is justice. It's turning yourself in, making things right with God first, me, my family, and the community that you hurt. Because when you hurt an innocent child, you hurt a whole community. And now, those that didn't know about this, because podcasts will go worldwide, hey, man, you hurt the world. You hurt the world. And so I have pleaded and I have begged you constantly to turn yourself in, man. Turn yourself in and make things right. Now, on the other side of that, there's some people who I know know who did that. It might be family members. And y'all got to be sick just sitting around worrying like, dang, man, there he go again. He on the news. Now he on his fan page. Now he in the newspaper. We can't get around this. We see this brother, KG, this grandfather everywhere. It's been going on a year now. He still ain't gave up. We can't get no peace. You can't get no peace because... We don't have no justice, and without no justice, there's no peace. If this was your child, 
I will be trying to help you. Y'all know that. And, and because I helped so many people in the community the 18 years, I might have helped you before. That know that. So I know that's got to be eating at your chest. I'm surprised you could sleep at all knowing that this beautiful little child, man. Marty, you have a picture? Got a picture right on yeah, man, this beautiful child that uh lost her life, man, through this violence. And I could see, I, and like 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 Molly said, I know that 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 it wasn't purposely, but if it was an accident, you did an accident, you should have turned yourself in. Mm -hmm. You could have <laughs> said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry." And the same thing, like we started out this show talking about being positive. Productive. I stopped gangbanging because I didn't want to have to shoot nobody's child. Mm. I didn't want to have to teach nobody to shoot nobody's child. You know, and that's why I did that. That's why I changed my life so you could have a positive role model. And you probably know who I am that did this. You know, you could have probably went to the school that I went to where I was mentoring kids. I was trying to show you the way. But when you turn away and try to do different than what we tried to show you when I told you we barely escaped from some things. See, me and my cousin could be you right now. People watching this could be you right now. You understand me? There, there my baby go right there. You, you know, I know you'll never forget that face. I will never let you forget that face as long as I'm living and as long as I'm breathing. And you know what? You know what? This child that I'm talking about right there, Anaya Allen, probably already forgave you mm. because that's the type of child she was. She was an angel. She didn't have no hatred, resentment, spirits in her at all. She probably already forgave you and probably says, Papa, I'm up here with Jesus. I just need you to continue to go on and be the Papa that I knew you were. You were a great papa to me. I was trying to raise up. I could see you took from us a future community leader, probably a world leader, because I was raising her up to be that, and I was going to have her around people who were leaders in our community, and I was going to teach her the right way. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train a child. And the way that they should grow, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. That's the only reason why I'm talking to you right now. Mm. So ain't nobody got to tell me that that's, that ain't real. That's the only reason why I'm talking to you right now. And so I, I beg to you and plead with you. I said if it's about the money, you can have everything I own and the reward money. The money means nothing to me because I can't go on with money. That ain't going to help me. If I won uh, billions of dollars, I would still have this same hurt and pain and, and no justice. I'd still be suffering with a whole lot of money. So I said to you, again, I beg of you who did this to end this, man. Allow my family to, to, to have some peace and some rest. And some closure here. Allow the community, because the community, as long as you out here, the community don't know what's, what your move going to be next. Are you going to stay out here long enough, running scared, and shoot and kill somebody else's child because you're on the run? You need to think about that to know who did it. They may shoot your cousin next. They may shoot your child next. That's why I beg to you. It was not just about just for justice for me and my family. It's so that this same person don't shoot or kill your child and then you be on the foundation with tears coming out your eyes talking about that your child was next. Your child got killed too by the same person that you didn't turn in and you knew who did that. No, you ain't no snitch. When it comes to children and people doing stuff to innocent children, that's not snitching. Snitching is when two criminals, one get caught and the other one tell on the other. Now that's snitching right there. This ain't snitching, man. This is bringing closure to families, man, and showing love for an angel and one of our future leaders, man.
She could have been anything uh, positive in our community, man. You know, she could have been a role model for one of your children. I don't know, but uh, you took from us our hearts. And like I said in the, in the last interview, uh, my heart is in heaven with her. It's in heaven with Anaya right now, man. And uh, so I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm trying to move on, Monty. Uh, but I've been stuck. I, I, I've been stuck since, since May. Uh. I've been stuck since May, man. I, I, I have not moved on. I've seen people move on. I ain't moved on. Uh. I can't move on. I would help them move on. I would help that family move on if it was them. Since then, I moved up out of Minneapolis. I retired uh, as an 18-year peace activist in Minneapolis, so I'm no longer there, no longer active there. So a lot of things happened uh, after this happened. And so, uh, like I said, man, I, I just, I beg of them. I beg of them. To find it in their hearts uh, this year. The memorial's coming up. That'd be the, the best thing you could do right now. You could do it today. You could do it today. I don't know if Bonnie got a phone number up or whatever. Call somebody. Y'all didn't know something. Call somebody. It shouldn't be about the money. Nobody would have to pay me to uh, to turn in the, uh, the person who shot and killed your baby. Nobody wouldn't have to pay me to do that. Hmm. So, you know, oh, man, I didn't know I was going to uh, get like this. But, uh, you know, it hits me in my chest, man. And, and again, I appreciate uh, that uh, you had me come on here today. Uh, I haven't got a chance to really sit down and talk to you, uh, share my tears with you, man, because you're not here and, and you out of town. I know you'd have been right by my side day one if you was here. I know that for a fact, Monty. And uh, but. I just, uh, like I said, man, I'm trying to hang in here, man. Uh, God said vengeance is his, and I'm holding him to that. You know, his word shall not ever return void, and I'm I'm trusted in God. I believe that he got more for me to do. Now, lastly, so I'm in St. Paul now, and so uh, I am about to start active uh, uh, my 2000 and. 22. I wasn't going to do nothing. I was done. But Anaya spoke to me in my spirit and said to me to uh, continue on, you know, where I am, because uh, that's how she sees me and that's how she wants to remember me. And she wants to smile from heaven down at me, uh, not getting an AK-47 and going over there and shooting up the block, throwing a firebomb in the store, all that crazy stuff that was in my mind, but to see me helping people. And uh, I wasn't able to save uh, Anaya from these killers and these shooters. But maybe in 2022, as I start uh, my mission, my peace mission in St. Paul, maybe I'll be able to save somebody else's child, Monty. Mm -hmm. And hopefully uh, you get to take a vacation from the fair mission and come up here, man. With me, man, uh, it's, it's about time for us to do a couple more videos and a few songs. Uh, I, I haven't seen to this day, and I'm not just saying it because it's us. I ain't seen nothing as powerful as what happens when we come together and God use us, brother. Just like right now. Just like right now. None of this is scripted or none of that. This is this is all just getting on here, man, and and, and pouring out what's inside of us, man. God has brought us a long way and I think he's he's got further for us to go and he ain't done with me yet. Um, just because I'm not over here, you may find me over there. Uh -huh. So uh, I'm dedicating and going back uh, uh, to uh, this uh, my outreach and peace activist 2022 to my six-year-old granddaughter, Anaya Allen. So when people see me uh, I'm dedicated to her so she'll be there with me in spirit and it'll be her love because I don't have that kind of love inside of me it will be her showing her love to the community because that's who she is I, I'm angry I'm angry and that's the truth I'm not going to get on here and sugarcoat nothing and you know that ain't even me money I'm angry I'm furious but her love is inside of me 
And that's the love that I want to try to show to the people uh, in her memory and her honor in 2022 in St. Paul. Mm. Well, man, I appreciate you. Back on the block. Back on the block, man. You'll see me. Back on the block. Man, I appreciate you sharing 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 your story about your granddaughter man that was that was just touching man and um and for the people that's out here that know something please stand up and and be accountable you know what i'm saying like because it's crazy out here and not just her it's a whole lot of kids out here getting wrapped exactly. up in unnecessary gun violence you know exactly. and so even though this was about me and about uh, my family, uh, there's other children out here that still have no justice. If you have any information about any of those children, uh, we thank God that um, Trinity, a uh, nine-year-old Trinity, her family uh, got justice for what happened to her. We still have 10-year-old Davion, who was the first child out of the three that was shot, uh, who still have no justice yet. Uh, we still have Terrell, May, Sherelle. The list goes on and on of a lot of the children that over the years have still gotten no justice and people know who did this. And it's never too late uh, to bring justice and closure to uh, me or any other, other families of the children uh, that was taken from us. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, man. So yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate you spending this hour of power with me, man. You know, I know you just got home from work and you ready to yeah. head down. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out. You know, express your feelings. Is there anything else you want to um, say before we wrap it up? Well, I just I just want to say, man, uh, that I, I appreciate you, Monty. I'm proud of you. I love you, man. Uh, it's somehow, it's something that I see your dad's spirit in you. And your dad was like one of my biggest uh, supporters, man. I'm talking about if he was here right now, uh, he'd have been right out there with me. I remember a time when I wanted to quit and I have to say it was your dad who always would tell me, nope. He said, if don't nobody support you, I support you, KG. You call me. And he came running. You'd have seen him on the block with me pulling his, his bag with his CDs and DVD, DVDs in there, man. Shop is attack. You know, and so I see I see him shining through you right now, man. I see him smiling. As you smiling at me, I can see him smiling at me so he his body left but his spirit is still here just like anaya's body is left that's all these devils can take from us money is the body but the spirit continues to be right here with us man mm. yeah and so uh like i said man just continue to do this man and whoever you can find um to get on the, on this show after me man that can that's gonna tell the truth man because we need some people to help and that is never going to change. Uh, our elders, and I know dad told you, only the truth shall set us free. Mm -hmm. I remember I had to go to jail to get free. Mm -hmm. You hear what I said? I had to go to jail to get free. I thought freedom was out on the block, out on the streets. But when I got in jail, I found out that freedom was in the mindset. Mm -hmm. I was locked up out on the streets. I was locked up, man. I was in bondage for so many years for misinformation of misinformers who have been misinformed by other misinformed people from generation to generation to generation, man. Yeah. And it wasn't until it, exactly I said I had to get locked up to get free. Mm, mm, and so, man, I, most of the time, I, instead of getting arrested, I found out I was rescued. Mm. Some of y'all that might think right now you got uh, arrested, you got rescued. Mm. And it's sad to say, man, like some of our children today that are in jail and prison, it's safer for them there than it is being outside on the streets. We know they're okay. On the streets, they'll turn, they'll turn you into the, the biggest prayer warrior in your church. Mm. Worrying about these children out here on these deadly and dangerous streets, man. So uh, God bless everybody. Y'all, please continue to keep me, my family, in your prayers as I continue to keep yours in mind, man. Monty, keep doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. Continue to let God lead you and guide you. You can't go wrong. There is no failure in God.
Mm. Amen. I like that. Man, man, well, I appreciate you coming on, man. You go ahead and get you some rest, and I'm going to holler at you later, man. Much love. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings. All right. Thank you, KG. No. All right. Yeah, what's up? This your boy, Monty G, at the Fan Mission Podcast. And we just had an episode with my boy, KG. Well, I say my boy, my cousin, KG Wilson. And um, and if y'all missed the live, man, check out the, um, the, rep, the playback on YouTube. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and all that. G-Staff. And we out.